0: What's up everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 4 of Batflip Baseball Podcast. I'm Aaron, here with Derek. If you guys haven't done so yet, make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. On today's show, we'll go over the unfortunate ongoing postponement of the 2020 season, effects it has on the league, both major and minor, and we'll cover our top 10 starting pitchers right now, and more. Derek, how's your weekend going? It's
1: not too bad, we've uh been doing a whole lot of housework yeah we haven't had a whole lot to watch obviously right but you know yesterday we cleaned out my garage there you go which was nice adulting yeah Yep. i got same here finally got all the uh baby clothes off my workbench and onto a shelf oh there you go so your still garage got, is functional still got some more stuff to do before we're done with it but yeah pretty much it's a
0: never-ending honeydew list
1: yeah what, what about you what have you been up to
0: Not much. I still have to work. I'm considered an essential business like you are, so um, working, took the side-by-side out yesterday. That was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, we had like some crazy like three and a half feet of snow last week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. So everything was muddy because it's been
1: sunny. Yeah, and I came over here yesterday. I couldn't even tell what color it was anymore.
0: (laughs) It's brown right now. Brown.
1: Yeah. It's usually, what, red? Yeah. 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 So the first thing we're going to get into is the uh, postponement of the season still going on, obviously. We're looking at at least Memorial Day from what I've seen, maybe even to June, maybe June 1st. And you even saw something, maybe even said July.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like almost there's a possibility that we could be getting close to the All-Star break before... Or what the, when the All-Star break should be before any season even starts. Seems like the longer we go into this, the longer it gets postponed. So I don't, it makes me nervous that there's a possibility that they're going to have to cancel the season, but still trying to be optimistic.
1: I'd like to see somewhere in the range of 120 games. Yeah. And I think if we, if we start June 1st, that's still a possibility. Um, If we go into July, it's going to be maybe tougher. You might have to start doing scheduled double-headers or eliminating all the off days.
0: Yeah, and you're talking like, you know, even if you don't do double-headers or something like that, realistically, I feel like you need to at least fit
1: 100 games into a season. What's the minimum number of games that you would want them to play before they just decide to cancel the season altogether?
0: I feel like my minimum is 100 games because the 162, like – there, there's a reason that the season's so long because there's a lot of ebb and flows as the season goes on. So I want to still be able to see a team, you know, get get moving and, and be able to, to have – they're going to have hot and cold streaks and and things like that. So I want to still kind of see most of a season.
1: For me, I think the minimum would be 100 – sorry, 81 games. If they're going to play less than half the season, it's yeah. – I mean, as greedy as I know you and I both are about watching baseball, if it's going to be less than eighty-one games, there's really not much point to playing the season, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty difficult once once we start talking about if if it does get pushed into into July, they're going to have a lot of things to think about. Um, so, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting, but again, we're just trying to hold out faith that <laughs> we're still going to have a season.
1: I think too that they need to seriously consider the possibility of just extending the regular season all the way through October, to get that you know minimum number of games in, yeah. and maybe they, you know, just do all of the postseason stuff in November and maybe even early December at neutral sites. They
0: they'll have to do neutral sites. I feel like, I mean,
1: like we talked about before, you can't play a World Series game in Minnesota in December. Right. It's not. It's gonna be it's too gonna cold. Be,
0: you're talking probably like Miami, Tampa, if Houston. You know, yeah. Dome stadiums. Any, any domes like it, it's LA, San Diego. Yeah. It'll be interesting.
1: Well, LA might it's most likely gonna be a home game. So <laughs> Well We'll have to see. Um so hundred games is your number. I think I said eighty one is mine. I I more games the better for me. Because yes. like I said before if you're going to have a shorter season, you know we all are kind of the consensus is the Dodgers are the best team on paper at the moment, so if the Dodgers get off to a cold start, and this could happen to anybody, but say the Dodgers get off to a cold start and they start like eight and fifteen eight and twenty, are they going to have enough time to make up that ground, which right. is why the season needs to be longer
0: right but and also you have to think about. We're already like um a, a, almost a month off, if not a month off, of baseball already. There's there hasn't been any spring training, yeah, anything like that. They're gonna have to do something to get pitchers ready, get hitters back in the in the swing of things. I, I like there was a video that uh, Wilson Contreras posted a couple days ago. Like they have a, a Nerf gun that shoots little balls, and they're taking BP off of that. I saw the that. House. Yeah, like, I saw that. That was kind of... Just trying to still be ready. Right? That was
1: fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the... Contreras' video is cool. I like to see what other guys are doing in the off season. You yeah. know, just to stay in baseball shape. Uh, one of my favorite ones, uh, if you don't follow Johnny Cueto on Instagram, watching him rehab from his Tommy John surgery, and even in years past, you know, he lives in Dominican. Yeah. And... His house is near a beach, so what he would do, and I think Altuve did this too. uh, They would go on the beach where it's hard to run in the sand, and they would like flip tires on the beach in the sand. No, thank you. And it's that stuff's kind of cool to watch. Uh, Trevor Bauer, also by the way, if if you've been following his stuff, he's been posting all kinds of super cool videos. Yeah. Um, That sandlot game we talked about last time, I missed it yeah it happened right <laughs> as we were talking about it I yes guess. <laughs> and i i guess you and i both took it for granted that it would be an actual baseball game it ended up being a wiffle ball game uh, whatever but it was still fun to watch yeah. uh that them you know throwing shade at the astros the whole time The mm. was the mvp got a bottle of sanitizer wasn't that what it was
0: <laughs> yeah and then uh bauer had a trash can out at the pitcher's mound with him
1: yeah yeah so that mm-hmm. was that was a good that was a good watch there um this could be another time, like we said before, maybe they can try a new play, try the new playoff format if 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 for example, they don't get enough games in, you know they could still try that seventeen playoff format
0: yeah i mean this could this could almost be a season where they just try things like that and, it, and uh, it, it gets them an idea of how it could actually play out um you know with a shorter season, obviously it could play out differently, but um it, it can at least get them live info and and get them better feedback that might convince more people to be on board or might they might learn that it's not a good idea um but it it'll be interesting to see what they do
1: i still kind of like the idea and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording i still kind of like the idea of doing splitting the season into two halves and logistically all week i was trying to think of how they could do it. Because I would like to see them put the first half winners. If they do... They said if they split the season in half, whoever wins the first half is guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. But then you could run into... If somebody runs both halves, you know, if they do this seven-teamer, you could give the best overall team that first round bye. And then I don't know how they would pick the other lower seeds, though. Unless you just do it all seeded by... By record, right, and kind of
0: have to be by record,
1: and uh, eliminate quote unquote the divisional play. You still play your divisional teams like you normally would, but you base it just on win loss record. But if you win the first half, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, I was trying to logistically figure out a way to make it work, and I just I don't know I couldn't I couldn't think of a way to make it work in my brain.
0: just because none of it makes sense because we're so used to the, the normal format and having 162 games to go off of. And at least for you and I, this is the first time we've really come across something like this. It You know, seasons have been postponed before.
1: Yeah, I was telling you, like, the closest thing we have to this was 1995. Right. Because after the strike in 94 that ended the season – I think the season in 1995 started in mid-April, which they only missed about 15 games. Yeah, it's but, not missing. And I was 40 tuned, games,
0: so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know what.
1: <laughs> well, MLB Network actually was showing has been showing games, and yeah. they showed they were showing the 1995 Game Five between the Mariners and Yankees, which is an incredible game, by the way. <laughs> Mariners won that one in 11 innings, and Griffey hit the longest home run I've ever seen. One of them. It was <laughs> it was insane the home run that he hit. And even with 1995 super low standard definition, the way he hit that ball, you just knew it was gone. Yeah. And that was, I think, in the eighth inning to tie the game. Uh, but, but they, yeah, they only played – I don't have the number in front of me, but they played you know, somewhere in the wrong of 140, 144 games.
0: Yeah. I mean, even then that's different now. Like, Just with having to get some kind of spring training back in before they can even start the season, we're pretty much already past that point to where they – Realistically, they're not going to be able to fit that many games.
1: Damn. I saw a tweet from, oh gosh, I should remember this, but I saw a tweet from a writer, and uh, they were saying that they're, they're still playing in Korea. just no yeah. fans. Hmm? And I f- I'm not going to say I feel like they could do that here because obviously I understand the situation, right. especially with two Yankee minor league players testing positive yeah, in the last I- week. I, I understand if one player gets it, it's kind of like what they did what happened in the nBA yeah, if one player gets it and they're asymptomatic and they don't they're not showing any symptoms, obviously, then everybody that they play against could contract it through sweat coughing whatever, and that's kind of what got us into this mess i mean right
0: there's they're talking about with this shutdown you know you have players testing positive now you know everybody's everybody's essentially not working um you know there's no baseball operations anymore they've they've stopped all of it to try to keep everybody at home
1: the major league baseball has stopped all group workouts they've they've sent they they've said that everybody should stay in the states however there are a lot of i was just reading this a lot of minor league players that are international have gone back to their their native countries and they're saying that it might be really hard for them to get back into the country when they decide if and or when they're going to ramp up baseball operations again right
0: right i mean and I read an article yesterday. They're talking about um, something a lot of people don't think about on the surface, but or on the surface, but they're talking about minor league teams not being able to really tread these waters. And they they might not be able to once everything gets going again. Like they may have to not like they can't really get going again because the financial backing isn't there. So whether it be stadium or things like that, the MLB stepped up, at least for the players, and they're paying them out their, their salary that would have been due through April 8th. They said they're going to pay all minor league players through then. So I thought that was pretty cool. But you still have these minor league teams that if they're small market teams, you don't really know how they're going to be able to bounce back from all of this.
1: Well, and normally minor leagues start – two weeks after Major League opening day because then they have like a mini, quote-unquote, extended spring training where they get to know their teammates and they're right. you know, doing in-house drills. So if Major League Baseball doesn't start until June 1st, Minor League Baseball might not start until June 15th. Right. And that's half the season because Minor League Ball only plays 144 games.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a huge chunk of income that you're essentially just losing. No one's there to, to back it or – or anything like that.
1: Well, especially for the players that aren't on the 40-man roster. Right. They're missing half of their season's pay. Yeah. And the other issue to this, in addition to the paying, is on service time You know, questions. Right. What's going to happen? Do these major league players get service time for this? Because opening day, we're, report- we're recording this on Sunday, uh, March 22nd. Yeah. Opening day is supposed to be four days from now. Yeah. Which makes me sad to think about. <laughs> <laughs> but very, you think about it, that's two months, 60 days of service time that a player is not going to get, right? And I was reading this thing. It was on MLB Trade Rumors, and you read the same thing that I did. Mookie Betts is supposed to be free agent this year, but he still needs 106 more days of service time before he's eligible.
0: And it sounds like they're either going to play it one of two ways. They're still going to count essentially this season like normal even even as a shorter season like they'll still they'll still count this as days toward service time or they may not count it at all just depends on how deep we get into
1: this um, so but, would you just tack on an extra year to the contract if uh, you look at a player like Mike trout or, or or Bryce Harper that have those mega deals right so does Bryce Harper's 13 year contract do you just tack an extra year onto the end of it so now it's 14 years
0: <laughs> I I don't know. Like it, it's it's interesting how they're gonna have to do this because again, all of their contracts are based off service time, pretty much, and they have limits that they have to hit. It's gonna but, screw up arbitration. Yeah, but when you're not playing and you you don't have the ability to hit those limits or or you know the number of of days that you have to be in service, it's it everything's just up in the air like this is all the background stuff that a lot of people don't think about right it's but that really happens those these are big things that go into how they build contracts for these players and like you were saying arbitration and there's all these factors that that front offices have to think about and really ultimately Rob Manfred has to figure out and give guidelines on
1: well, service time is something that teams have been trying to manipulate for years now. Right. Think back to 2015 with Chris Bryant. They kept him in AAA for two weeks so yep. that he would they would get an extra year of team control right. instead of calling him up at the beginning of the season, which he totally deserved to be, right? and he ended up losing his grievance anyway, so the Cubs are still going to get that extra year because that was a huge deal earlier this offseason, too. Was Chris Bryant going to be a free agent after this year or is yeah. he going to be a free agent after next year?
0: Right. Now now we don't know, and it and this... Could also be interesting to see how this affects, um, you know, any any CBAs moving forward or, or things like that. Like, how does this change? Do they change service days and and things like that?
1: I think so, they were going to change that anyway. They were going to look at changing right, that.
0: Right, but now now it's going to you know it's it's there accelerate ways it.
1: Ways that they can change it, and yeah,
0: maybe they weren't thinking about addressing that this time. Maybe next, or just you know, reaching for something small, and now they're gonna see, you know, if they can
1: get more out of it. So, I think, yeah, this this whole service time thing is definitely something to to watch, uh, and and keep keep in mind. Yeah. Um, uh, one positive though to all of this, through all the negative, as much negative as there is. Yeah. Every team has pledged a million dollars to pay all of their ballpark employees until the season starts so it's 30 million dollars that's going to be paid to all of the hot dog vendors the yeah. people that run the, the the random food stands around the ballparks the, the people that clean up the ballparks after the games, the huge. grounds like, crews
0: for most people that may not be their full-time job that's just a part-time thing during the season but for a lot of people it probably is like that's how people make some of their livelihood. And while it, it may not be a, a huge amount of income, that's one thing that, that with no, no baseball being played, none of them really are supposed to be getting paid. But that's, that's why I think it's really cool and it's cool for us to touch on it. Is Nobody would really think twice, but now that this is out of everybody's control, it's not like you know uh, uh, there's a strike going on that's forcing people out of work. This is strictly something that came down from powers above every of, above all of them, and now they're having to stop all operations. So you know there's a lot of people out of work from
1: this.: Well, there's uh, there's you know hundreds of food vendors and the right. people that wander around selling cotton candy or beer or hot dogs, like yeah. all those like I said all those guys aren't working. Uh, and like you said, they're supposed to be getting paid starting on Thursday.
0: <laughs> which well, They'll Which still get some. This but. is
1: supposed to be the, uh, the good news fun episode where we talk about all the good things that are oh, going we'll to start happening this next season. Uh, so it's just it's kind of sad uh, for that, to, because in the sim- similar kind of way, like a trickle-down effect, Yeah, we have all those same hot dog salesmen and beer salesmen and whatnot at minor league parks. Yeah. Are they getting paid? We don't know. We haven't heard anything no. about that.
0: And you have we have to assume that they're not. And how do we know that the Aces are a team that's going to be able to bounce back from this? I mean, we'd like to think that they are, um, but it'll be interesting to see what what they're able to do. Like if they are able to open back up, <laughs> are vendor prices way higher than they used to be? All that kind of stuff. So.
1: Okay. So on to actual baseball news here. And there's some sad news on the on the uh front of Boston this week as if it couldn't get worse. Chris Sale has to have Tommy John surgery. This is probably the worst news I've gotten lately. So Chris Sale being on the shelf for essentially a year and a half. He's it might not hurt you too bad this year. Right.
0: Right, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting a lot this year.
1: He might not come back until August, September of next year. Yeah. Uh, the, I see them now uh, for 162 games. If I saw them winning 88, 89 games no. and fighting for a third-place spot before, I definitely maybe see them 500 at best. They
0: pretty much have three starting pitchers right now. Now, they had four. They didn't even
1: have five before. Now
0: they have three.
1: Yeah, the the AL East has just gotten bit big time by the injury bug. Yeah. Uh the the Yankees obviously we know about their injuries. Right. I, and
0: you got Baltimore who has, you know, oh, Mancini who's Mancini. not even, yeah, I was not even touch baseball on that. related. You know, he unfortunately has has cancer that now he's trying to fight against, but it just it's never ending, pretty much.
1: Yeah, so that's gonna hurt them big time. The Red Sox are gonna be in uh, pretty trouble, pretty big trouble next, maybe even next year, as they try to you know get back from that. Uh, So we're gonna do something here. Uh, We're gonna go and do our top ten lists because you know it's still technically the off season, and we don't have anything current to talk about at the moment. But we're gonna talk about uh, our top ten starting pitchers right now. Uh, our list, we we judge these very differently as far as our criteria that we were looking at. Uh, what what was your criteria that you were looking at, Aaron?
0: So I pretty much went off the top ten pitchers right now. I looked at um, er career ERA, uh, strikeouts per nine, and home runs per nine. Uh, obviously, uh, also. There's going to be some big names in here that have just created a big following because of how good they've been. Um, I mean, I still wanted to keep in mind how they could essentially have to carry a team, but mainly I looked at just individual, um, you know, how is the team set up to win when they're starting.
1: So basically, like their accolades and how, like you said, like if they're on the mound, they're expected to win. Yeah. So with me, I was, I was pretty different. I honestly did not look up any stats when I was setting my top ten. I think our one through four is probably going to be the same or very similar. Yeah. Um, I based my list off of the eye test and what I saw the last couple of years, plus who I would want in a winner-take-all game, be it a game seven or a game five or a wild card game. Uh, so I'm going to – I had 15 pitchers that I narrowed 10 to 10. So I'll tell you – well, I only put 14 on my list. That's okay. So the four pitchers that I had on my just-missed list, and before I actually do this, I only have one pitcher on my list nah, – two pitchers on my list that have less than five years of service time. So mine are pretty established vets. But the just miss list for me, Clayton Kershaw, okay. Noah Syndergaard, Walker Buehler – and Mike Soroka those are, those are my just missed pitchers Okay So I'll give you my number 10 <laughs> Okay. My number By the th- way
0: For those of you listening We did not go over this with each other We didn't build these together Like this is totally going in
1: blind Yeah we have no idea who each other picked uh, My number 10 was Hunjin Ryu Now with Toronto Okay. He was awesome last year And got a pretty big deal from Toronto This offseason season.
0: He set himself up pretty good.
1: <laughs> he did, and I think he's gonna be if if he's there for a couple of years, he could be one of the the the, the KG veteran starting pitcher that yeah. Toronto needs to push him over the top, maybe fight for a wild card spot in the next couple of years. So uh, number ten for me was I'm gonna go through my top my ten through six, and okay. then you go, and then okay. and then we'll do top five. So number ten was Hunjin Ryu. Number nine was Patrick Corbin. Uh, I have three Nationals on my list. You can pick. You, you know which three they are now. So <laughs> yeah. Patrick Corbin, number nine. Uh, number eight, I have Jack Flaherty, one of my two pitchers with less than five years of service time. That dude is ridiculous, and he throws really hard. Yeah. And he's just insanely good. My number seven, you might be surprised by this one. My number seven, Zach Granke. Okay. I wanted to put him higher. He's not I did. even in
0: my top ten, actually. So <laughs> I, wanted,
1: okay. I wanted to put Granke higher. But I couldn't. I just – there's so many good pitchers. Number six, Steven Strasberg.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: So, yeah, my, my, one, my six through ten is Ryu, Corbin, Flaherty, Granky and Strasberg.
0: Okay. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> definitely different. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have like an honorable mention or anything like that. I, I'd say uh, Ryu and Granke are probably my honorable mention. Um, number 10 I actually have Kershaw number 10 uh, Some people may think He needs to be ranked higher It really bothers me that he can't perform In the postseason or the World Series
1: and That's why he's not on my list
0: Right I mean he's, his career ERA is 244 That gets him something To me But he hasn't performed For the Dodgers Really where they've needed him to Number nine, I have your guy, Madison Bumgarner, mainly for his postseason performance. He's lately he's been in a a lower lower status than he used to be. But I mean it it'd be interesting to see if he could get back up there. Um and I really want to see him in the postseason again to see what he can do, if he can repeat what he's known for. Uh, number eight. Is one of my guys who has less than five years. Shane Bieber. Uh, Kluber's not on the Indians anymore. He is, I feel like, their guy. Now he only has two years in in the bigs, but he's he's handled himself pretty well. His ERA's still it dropped a lot last year. His first year wasn't very good. Last year he was awesome, and I think I can expect more, or we can expect more from him moving forward. Uh, number seven, I have Jack Flaherty. Um, career 320 ERA. Uh, last year was his real standout year. Um, this is a guy I feel like is set up to really rep- replace Wainwright. Um, yeah, I think he's he's going he's to be their eighth. Yeah, he'll be their new Wainwright, pretty right. much, I feel like. Uh, number six, I actually had Walker Bueller. This guy I feel like is exactly what the Dodgers need. He can perform in the postseason. His his stuff is ninety-five percent of the time is unhittable, I feel like. He's got some
1: crazy movement. I just haven't seen enough from him yet. I know he's close for me. He's probably And these are
0: I have three guys under five years and they're six, seven, eight.
1: Yeah. So he's he's like that that uh, tiebreaker game that he pitched against Colorado twenty eighteen. Yeah. That was awesome. I just, I, I just feel need like I see I need to see more from him. We before. don't have
0: big sample sizes on these three guys, but I feel like what we have seen is setting them up for really bright futures. So I I couldn't leave them out, and I feel like they've definitely earned a, a big spot. They've they've carried themselves. So
1: Alright, so I'm gonna start here, my number five. Okay. And you're gonna be shocked. Well, maybe not. He might not even be in your top ten. You might have totally overlooked him. For the Phillies, okay, Aaron Nola. I did. He is not on my list. <laughs> Aaron Nola is a stud. He pitched so well last year. Like I said, I didn't look up any stats, so I don't have any notes in front of me. But just on the eye test, every time Aaron Nola went out and pitched, I felt like I had to watch what you know, watch the game that he was pitching. He's got filthy movement and just a super solid pitcher.
0: Yeah, I mean that the Phillies are are setting themselves up good with him. Um, but, yeah, I did not have him on my list. So who was your five? I had Strasburg at five. Okay. Um, I mean, his career with Washington's been been pretty crazy. I mean, I remember when he first came on the scene, uh, he he made himself a huge following because it nobody could touch any of his stuff. Then he ended up having to get Tommy Johns, and it was kind of a long road back, I feel like. Um,
1: yeah, his since
0: since then, and especially last year, His postseason he's... performance last year was ridiculous. It, yeah, I mean it, it's, it's was it quite as... there with it's almost there with Bumgarner. I was gonna like, say it's not it's not there yet, um, but what he showed is that he can be. <laughs> I mean, along with the other big name that they have on their <laughs> coaching staff. Spoiler he, alert! Yeah, he
1: can be. Their guy. That's the best one-two punch as far as starting rotations oh go God. in it, baseball. It's,
0: yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: So four, I have everybody's favorite 37-year-old, Justin Verlander. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> There's our first match. <laughs> there we go. So number four is Justin <laughs> Verlander. Uh, here's the guy who, who was okay to mediocre until he turned like 34 years old. Yeah. That last, what, two? Well, after basically like 20, 2012, he was awesome. He was like fine wine. But the yeah, once advantage. once like 2014 hit, right before he went to Houston in 2017. So basically, 2014 to 2016, lights out. And then when he went to Houston, it just went up to another level. Yeah,
0: he he found another gear somehow. Um, I mean, I I still still don't know how the Tigers didn't win a, a World Series when he was with them because of everybody else that they had: Porcello, Price, Scherzer, Verlander, like every sister.
1: Yeah. Animal but, Sanchez.
0: But yeah, he got to Houston and it's the same argument that a lot of people have with Garrett Cole. He got he got to Houston and there was different stuff that he had. It it was like he just reached in his back pocket and was able to find more. Um You can have your anti-Houston bias if you want, but the yeah, dude is a stud. I I don't I don't really care what you say. Any team that he's pitching for, you have to be confident that you can very easily win that game when he's on the mound. Definitely. If you allow or if you score one to two runs, you have a really good chance to win.
1: If you haven't yet, there's this video on this channel called Foolish Baseball. Okay. Called I don't remember exactly what it's called, but they did a video on Justin Verlander from 2012, and it was the most angry Verlander pitching performance you've ever seen in your oh, life. Oh, yes. It was like the eighth inning, and they were losing two to one or one to nothing, and it was a really close game. And Verlander was like 115 pitches, and he was still throwing over 100 miles an it hour. It
0: was, it's ridiculous what that guy can do. Uh, and
1: granted, that was in 2012, but he still throws 95. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he's 37.
1: All right, so who's your who's your three?
0: I actually have Degrom three. <laughs> we have the same. All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll have the exact exact same top four, but um, this guy, like he, it's been hard because we've expected. I feel like once the Mets had Matt's Sindergaard, Degrom, Wheeler, Wheeler, like we expected so much. That's a guy Harvey, that could have been on the list too, Matt Harvey, that... yeah. Like, and nothing happened. Their offense couldn't produce, but. But DeGrom, again, he's one of those guys, you go out and you score one run. And it's like he he's able to lock in and he doesn't allow anything. His ERA is insane. He's got a 262 ERA. He has six years in the league already. I can't, I couldn't believe that. Doesn't feel like it's been that long.
1: Well, uh, and he won that Cy Young with a losing record because his team couldn't score many runs. Right,
0: right. And I like that's, that is one of my biggest reasons that I don't like or I don't don't really go off the win-loss record for pitchers. Because it, it falls back on the team's offensive production. But DeGrom is lights out. Like his his strikeouts per nine in his career is 10.3, and his home runs allowed per nine is 0.8. Like that is that's insane to me. Um uh, but yeah, I, I mean, if he was on a remotely good team, he could carry him. Oh yeah, knows you, how far
1: you put him? You put him on a team that's on the edge, or maybe doesn't quite have enough to get to the second round.
0: Oh, he takes him to the next.
1: He definitely that does. Next step easily. Yeah, and he, they. Who knows? Maybe we we decided not to do the American League East breakdowns yet because we're waiting to see what's gonna happen with the season. Uh, but I. I could see the Mets possibly making the postseason and then that pitching staff just carrying that team all the way. Yeah. I mean, they, they match. In my opinion, they match up with the Dodgers really well, pitching-wise.
0: Yeah. It's just all offense. And that's what they've struggled with ever since they got this juggernaut of a pitching rotation.
1: For the last, like, eight years, they've had this. Well, yeah. The best <laughs> pitching staff in the yeah. league.
0: but uh, so, nobody, nobody talks about it, I feel like, because we've kind of given up hope because the team can't
1: produce. Exactly. So uh my number 2 my number 2 brand new New York Yankees pitcher Garrett okay. Cole. Okay, yeah, our top four are exactly <laughs> this same. <laughs> so Garrett Cole as my number 2. Yep. And I probably would not have put him there until this last year with Houston. He was probably a top 5 for me until I mean but he just elevated it. I have, so much more this year. I have year. him
0: in my number 1 bouncing back and forth. Um but I mean, he's he's been he's been insane. Like, but again, he he kind of got he was Pittsburgh's guy, but I feel like he still kind of got overlooked because the team wasn't very good.
1: Uh, yeah, they, but he
0: had he's he has one of the filthiest pitches I've still ever seen. He was when he was still in Pittsburgh, and I think they were playing the Mets or something. And he threw, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a two seam. Um, And, like, that thing was straight as an arrow until it hit the front of the plate. And in the time that it crossed the plate, it went from, like, just dead middle to outside. Like, the the ball just took, like, a 45-degree angle. And he still has that kind of movement and... But he's, he's honed in all of his other pitches And just been able to make the ball spin In ways that we're not really used to seeing
1: Definitely And Garrett Cole is just He's not a guy that's going to go out there and, and give up at all, right? Even if he's struggling If he's at 100 pitches through 5 innings He's still going to throw as hard as he can And oh, yeah. get, get as good as he can As far as get everything out of his, out he's of his arm he's going to want
0: to stay in the game
1: Yeah, he's a fighter He's not, yeah, not going to give the ball up easy so random trivia. Who's the major league pitcher that has two different eye colors? Uh Max Scherzer. He's he's number 1. Yes. Max Scherzer is number 1. Yeah.
0: Again, especially after the the run that the the Nationals were able to 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 get on this past season, um Strasburg pitching I I think got recognized a little more, but Scherzer's career accolades are Insane, like what he's been able to accomplish. He's got uh, two immaculate innings, uh, two no hitters that were one play away both times from perfect games.
1: Yeah, screw you, And it was in the-
0: one season. That was all in one season. Yeah,
1: like, that that last catch that uh, ended the game and that no hitter that he threw, Steven Souza uh, Jr. made. Yeah, in left field, that was. Like, I'm not even a fan of the Nationals, and I was like, oh,
0: my it was, God. It was insane. But, but he kind of got screwed both times in those games. I mean, obviously, we all remember the, uh, you know, the batter leaning in and just yeah. taking a ball off the elbow guard. Jose Tabata with the Pirates. Yeah. But then also, uh, you know, Escobar fielded the ball at third and short hopped, but it was a hard hop. Yeah, that he wasn't able to. The first baseman wasn't able to get. Like, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of luck of the draw at the time. But I mean, what what he's been able to accomplish this far, like, and he's he's won even more so than Cole. Like, he's not going to give you the ball if you come out to try to take him out of the game because he's struggling. No. Well, look he's at freak out. Oh, I
1: mean, Bunted a ball off a plate and broke his nose. Right. And he went out the next day and threw a jam. Like twelve strikeouts. Yeah. Shut out. I mean, he's you know, just he's just a guy that goes out there literally every day and will not and will not back down. The, he's he's ridiculous. So, so yeah, our top four are exactly the same Scherzer, Cole, DeGrom, and Verlander. Yeah. So and then I had no less Strasbourg, Granke, Flaherty, Corbin, and Ryu. And then you had uh, Strasburg, Bueller, Flaherty, Bieber, Bumgarner, and Kershaw. I really wanted to put Bumgarner in there. I really, really did.
0: I still, I still feel like from the last ten years, like Kershaw and Bumgarner, you have you have to have in your top ten. And even with Bumgarner with the Diamondbacks, that's still going to be a, a start that I'll want to watch.
1: Because they're, they're two still gonna big pitch against, And they're still going to pitch against each other yeah, all the time. Yeah, and they're,
0: they're just two big, like hungry guys that want... All they want is for them to be able to carry their team to a victory.
1: Yeah, so. for sure. The pitching stuff is definitely going to be interest, good to see. Um, who knows, too, with the shorter season, maybe guys won't pace themselves as much. Yeah. you Because know, you don't have to pitch 35 games. You only have to pitch 20. So we might see some of these guys like ramp up the velocity yeah
0: yeah just start putting all the putting all the power all the power down but what i think's cool with right now is you have almost a a a changing of the guards in in essence where you have guys like we were saying with with kershaw and Bumgarner, kind of turning over and you have guys like the beavers the Flahertys that can be these next great Pitchers, Uh, you know Cole, Scherzer, Verlander are almost there, but they they still show us year in year out that they still have that they still have it in the tank. But
1: yeah, I think realistically, out of like Verlander and Scherzer, you're probably going to get two or three more years. Yeah, and then and then they, I don't want to have to say it, but then they're eventually going to have to hang it up, you know, due to age or ability or whatever. Because I. Or they could. I mean, like you said, Scherzer and Verlander both throw really hard still. Scherzer's <laughs> got...
0: like Tom Brady. You want to play until I'm 45. Scherzer's
1: got, <laughs> like, the filthiest movement on his sinker two, and, two, yeah. and his two-seamer. But you look at, you know, a guy like CC Sabathia, maybe as a comparison, even though he switched a little bit late earlier in his career. Yeah. To From that guy who threw 97, 98, 99 to when he got to New York... I only throw ninety one, ninety two, and now I'm gonna rely on soft contact and movement as opposed yeah. to just blowing dudes away. But it worked. It did. He was awesome in New York for the past ten years. Yeah. And then obviously he decided to retire at the end of last year. But yeah, he so it's gonna be fun to watch these guys and they like said, who knows if they'll be able to just ramp up the velocity even more because they don't have to save themselves for thirty starts. Right. They might only have to make twenty.
0: Right. It'll, it'll be interesting to see um, but we very well could be set up to see some of the craziest pitching in a season that we've seen thus far. Um, so that'll be that'll be cool to watch. Uh, but I do have a, a question for you changing the topic. Are we potentially watching one of arguably one of the greatest players of all
1: times in Mike
0: Trout right now?
1: Well my bold prediction, and I've been saying this for since 2014 is Mike trout is the greatest player of all time. no question,
0: yeah, I mean obviously it's a different it's a different baseball than when you had Ted Williams babe Ruth you can't really it's I mean,
1: hard to compare it, apples to apples it is
0: especially like it's the same thing in the NBA with LeBron and Kobe and Michael Michael Jordan like it's. It's the same argument, but it's all one that we love to make. But, like, the stat that still blows me away is Mike Trout's, like, essentially just getting into the prime of his career. But he's already done more in his career so far than a lot of, play- a lot of players do in, like, an 18- to 20-year career. His war is already higher than, like, Derek Jeter. Uh, like, there's so much stuff that, that he's compiled already
1: that just blows me away his career war is 72.8
0: right he's he is the only guy i know of that
1: has an argument to win the mvp every year he's played and it seems like he's won it three times but it seems like all the years he hasn't won it which could have been four more times were because guys had insane years mookie Betts, yeah josh donaldson
0: but they're probably never gonna have a a year like that again, they might get close, right? But it's something that Trout's done year in year out. Yeah, I'm looking, he just gets overlooked, like it's it's expected of him anymore. So, like last year, he got hurt, and everybody's like, "Oh, oh, here we go, injury issues or or whatever," and he still had a chance to win MVP.
1: So, since he became a full-time player in twenty twelve, mm-hmm. I've got it pulled up right here. Mike Trout has hit thirty home runs every year except for. 2016 which he uh hit 29 and 2013 when he hit 27
0: yeah if i'm a team i would kill for that for that reliability i'm pretty sure every year he's been over 300
1: Or almost yeah his career average is 305 yeah Uh, so yeah he's he's gone 30 30 in 20 let's see where was that Went thirty thirty in oh no he didn't go thirty thirty he had twenty nine home runs so he didn't go thirty thirty but it was so close uh, he has he only stole eleven bases last year but who cares I mean stolen the, base
0: the power that he's able to produce and the consistency but I feel to like, me trumps
1: everything to me though it's way more fun to watch him on defense yeah he goes and gets it better than anybody and, and he's you wouldn't a big
0: dude and, and you, he can move
1: you wouldn't think how he wouldn't think how fast he is.
0: I want to see him and Billy Hamilton in a foot race. <laughs> and Trout's like twice his size.
1: Yeah, Bill. Uh, sh- man. Yeah. So Mike Trout has, like you said, he's got seven full years of service. He's got two hundred and eighty-five home runs. So that's averaging forty a year.
0: Yeah. Also, I'm in love with his swing.
1: Yeah. It's it's just something – Mike Trout, remember like we were talking about one of the, the – a couple of days ago, those players that, that you hear about, that you just – you hear their name and you basically just stop whatever you're doing yeah. and go watch what they – watch them. Right. You know, you can't look away from a Mike Trout at bat.
0: No, it, it's – there. it's always something – there's always something that can happen that that you might not get to see all the time and – I feel like a lot of people are overlooking the greatness that we're getting to watch in person right now. You know, it's cool to still look back and watch the, again, the Ted Williams, the, the Lou Gehrig, Ken the Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr., all of them. But we have Mike Trout
1: right now that we can watch. For the so. last five years, since 2015, Mike Trout has led the league in OPS+, Plus, which basically is part league, which... Basically tells you how good a player is adjusted for park factors. 100 right. is league average. Mike Trout's career OPS plus is 176. Yeah. So he is one and three quarters times better than the average major league hitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And that, we're that gonna look back. We're, we're going to look back at Mike Trout in 20 years when he's done playing, and we're going to be like, wow, this guy was insane. We're going to look... Well, you know how people look go back... And like um, Greg Maddox's stats yeah. or Tony Gwynn's stats, we're gonna go back and look at Mike Trout and be like, "Wow, he was that good." Yeah. And it it may not
0: seem like it because we're in it right now, but what what he's already done, like I said, is is one for the record books, pretty much. Like, and I and I don't care that he's he's still early in his career, essentially, but or almost to the halfway point, however you want to look at it. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer,
1: I, without he a doubt. Could,
0: he could essentially not play another game. He still has to be a Hall of Famer
1: to me. And he's only twenty seven, right? Well, he'll be twenty eight this year, but still, Whatever. he's only 27, 28 years old. And you look at, you know, Bryce Harper, and the whole—that's hard
0: for me because I'm, I'm still a Bryce Harper fan. The I whole try thing. To be.
1: The whole thing, though, I remember when they were talking about his deal last year. Was okay. So here's here's the quote unquote big three. You got Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, or Mike Trout. Which guy do you want to start your franchise with? Mike Trout. And to me, down. it's Mike Trout mainly because he's a 300 hitter and Bryce Harper is a 260 hitter. Yeah. And Mike There's Trout. There's no
0: the flash that you get from Harper. I feel like as an organization, Harper's a good sign because you, you get jersey sales, you get ticket sales, you get all of that that follows it. People still want to watch him. But for the sole purpose of having a good all-around player, hands down, it's Mike Trout.
1: Yeah, and, so. and I put more of a premium on a center fielder than I do a third baseman. Anyway, I mean, you yeah. got to have a good third baseman if, if you're gonna be if you're gonna you know if you're gonna play a premier position like center field, you're gonna get a little bit of a bump for me, especially because that center field in Anaheim is is pretty big yeah, it's not you just small
0: handle it like it's a walk in the park
1: yeah the way he gets over the fence to catch a ball to rob home runs it's like he just doesn't even try it's his area
0: you can't you can't touch it
1: alright real quickly uh, to end the show here we're gonna do our two our two question and answer segments here oh dear number one and I didn't even tell you about this cause I just remembered my let me ask you a question and try to keep it clean so what do you think about Tom Brady Going to Tampa Bay. Uh, as you, as a New England sports fan. I
0: don't, I can't censor it enough to answer that question.
1: You had to know that it was coming, though, that he was leaving.
0: I guess I had the idea, but I was definitely in denial. And I didn't see Tampa Bay. I didn't either. I thought Tennessee, Chargers,
1: San Francisco, maybe. Maybe. The Raiders were in for a while Now
0: it's it's like what are the Patriots gonna do Right before we started recording They signed Brian Hoyer to a one year deal Not stoked Uh, I don't know I mean I'm Definitely gonna watch the Bucks And see what they're able to do Um, He'll undoubtedly go down as the greatest of all time If he's able to win a 7th ring And one with The Bucks that, That would be insane to me so I'm still rooting for him, but definitely a little heartbroken. All right. Well, I guess my question for you, keeping it on football, is you only got him for a little bit, but how do you feel about Emmanuel Sanders leaving?
1: I am a little bit bummed about it. I honestly didn't expect him to stay, though. Okay. Um, he's was somebody who I watched quite a bit with Pittsburgh, and then he kind of was under the radar, I feel like, in Denver. Then when he came to San Francisco, he just lit it up, and uh, he, was, he said he was really good. And I read a headline that said he really wanted to stay and that, he, that the 2019 49ers were the, one of the best teams he's ever played for, most fun. But when he left, I was like, can you really say that if you don't want to stay? But I kind of get the writing on the wall. I feel um, like
0: the Niners didn't do much to try to keep it.
1: Well, because I think that they want to draft a wide receiver. There's some good ones coming out of college, and I think that they feel like they could get better value out of a younger receiver who maybe isn't quite as good.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It, it's – someone like that I just feel like you have to at least try. He made a big difference when he came over. Well, he
1: did. And, you know, I, I'm i not really – you're way more into football than I am. I, I watch, but, I you know, you know more of the ins and outs than I do. But so the – you know, I know that he was a good route runner, and he could catch the ball, um, and he was a very dynamic player, and he was fast. But him moving on, I don't think it's going to hurt too much. I think that they still—I don't know if they have enough to get back to the Super Bowl, but they. It,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they draft,
1: but especially when they traded Buckner. But their defense is still a pretty solid, their, so
0: their core squads still good enough to get them back there.
1: Um, yeah. So, uh, what are you What are you gonna watch this week?
0: Hmm. Uh, I know today. Again, it's the twenty second. I fully plan on watching reruns of the World Baseball Classic
1: on MLB Network. Yep.
0: Pretty stoked that they decided to do that. Um, for the week, I, I don't know. We got shorter hours at work, so I don't know if I'm gonna be watching a lot uh, rather than doing. You know, again the Honey Do list and that kind of stuff, but uh, we ended up blowing through our whole DVR like we talked about last <laughs> week. So <laughs> we're we're pretty short on, on things to watch right now. But probably just our our recorded shows.
1: Um, well, a quick PSA um, is if you have an MLB.com account and the MLB app they MLB has made the 2018 and 2019 seasons free to watch on mlb.tv
0: and that yeah and that's any game right? any game yeah. yeah
1: so i have watched yesterday while we were cleaning the garage i i didn't like wasn't glued to it yeah. watching it but i had the first two games of the washington nationals on cuz i've decided since we've got plenty of time i'm going to go back and rewatch all their games cuz i didn't watch them much that, and it it'll be cool to watch how that season plays out especially cuz they were bad 40 games into the year yeah so I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching a lot, of, uh, a lot of that, you know, and still keeping up on The Mass Singer and stuff. and So that's still locked in on that show. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, anyways, all right. That's going to do it for the podcast this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. And don't forget, if there's any topics you want us to talk about or questions you have, and want us to answer, please reach out to us on any of our social media pages. Uh, Have a good week and stay safe.
1: Yeah, definitely try not to get coughed on by anybody. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so thanks again everybody for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.